Welcome back to Back Points. Today's guest is Chris Marshall. Chris won the state tournament in 1993 in Virginia after only wrestling for three years. He then went up to Pennsylvania where he won another state tournament. And after that, he went to Michigan State where he was a two-time All-American. He talks about how he didn't have a huge arsenal of moves, but the moves he knew he could hit on anybody. Along the way, he was given the nickname Air Marshall because all of his opponents would eventually go for a ride. Let's jump in and hear about his journey to a state title. He taught me to get up when I didn't want to get up, when I wanted to quit. I had high goals, man. I've always had high goals. And so when I won it, I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, you guys are right. It's not the thrill of winning. It's the joy of having that personal goal and being able to achieve that and walk off the mat with your head held high and with your hand up. You know, you were just constantly drilling and drilled fast. That was when I really started doing the kind of wrestling that I was capable of. Anybody that steps in the ring and just decides to commit the entire time is a state champion in my in my book. Welcome back to another episode of Back Points, the podcast where top wrestlers and coaches reveal their secrets about how they won state titles in high school wrestling. Very excited to be here today with the 1993 state champion for Virginia, who then transferred to Pennsylvania to win the state championship there in 1994, Chris Marshall. Uh, he then went on to be a two-time All-American at Central Michigan University. Chris, thank you for being here. No, thank you, man. Glad to be here. Looking forward to talking about your, your wrestling journey today. And I thought maybe we would start a little in an unusual way because I found your state championship match in Virginia. When was the last time you watched this match? Maybe 10 years ago. This is 1993. You're up against the Oregon state champ who transferred in to Virginia and you're both very comfortable with upper body moves. It looks like. If you got a favorite move, you catch me with it once. And then I know that was the favorite thing you were going to do. So I didn't really watch it. My coach was trying to tell me, and I was like, every time you do that, I kind of get nervous. So don't tell me anything. Let, just let me go rest. So he's like, <laughs> okay. And um, just just so happens that we both enjoyed upper body. Uh, the funny thing is I really wasn't good at shooting. Um, Buddy Lee was my high school coach, so I learned a lot of throws. Um, and that's where I learned my inside trip from. So how is it, it real interesting? Buddy, how is it that Buddy Lee became your high school coach? He's a pretty famous wrestler. Hey, I I, can, I couldn't even tell you, man. I can honestly tell you that group of um, athletes that I wrestled with from the 90s to 93, we were like on the low end of the totem pole. Um, Wade Chalice came in and took over the program. Um, he left, and then we got – Michael Copperthite came in and um, resumed for the next year. And then Copperthite had some, uh, he would come in and then he would leave. So he found an alternate and somehow he found Buddy Lee. And so he ended up coming over to the, um, to the school and stuck around and worked out with us for, for a while. Um, and we were very fortunate to get him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I would think so. So you, yeah, you, you're very fortunate to you, you. You were 
obviously I'm sure influenced by your father, Wade Shallis, um, and, uh, and, and then you had Buddy Lee in your room. So you really had some serious firepower to, to talk to for coaches, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, we were very fortunate. I, I mean, they all had their different um, styles of wrestling. And, you know, having Wade Shallis as a coach, it was all about pinning, something that I just didn't really grasp the concept of until later on, later on. Um, and then, you know, having Buddy Lee, who was very explosive and all upper body. Um, and I, I was very hesitant to shoot. So I took advantage of his style. I mean, we had some great assistant coaches in the room as well. So, I mean, with those guys working with us, um, we had a core of about five kids that were really decent that, that, that came through the program. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're now in the second period of your match. The score is zero, zero and uh, your opponent's starting out on bottom. Yeah. Top is not my favorite thing. I just was told to hang on as much as I could. And then at some point in the match, he'll do something. I just kind of let him go like, all right, this is it. There's too much work on top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, um, uh, so you were really just riding him as best you could here, and uh, you, yeah. you kind of knew that you might let him go. Yeah, I'm going to look over at the coaches at some point and be like, can I let him go now? <laughs> <laughs> right there. And they both kind of go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you're coaching kids now, do you want them to wrestle your style, or do you coach kids to uh, to wrestle their own style and just try to, to find what they're – what they're naturally suited for. Um, you know, I honestly, I kind of let them do what they do. What I think that I, um, think that I really have, have gotten better at is being a team that we just concentrate on one thing as a team. You know, we have one takedown and then a series on top. And then however you get to that takedown, you know, it might not be for you, but the series we try to work and it's been working great for us overall. I mean, yeah. And, and that's it. And most of my kids, you know, they'll, you know, I have some kids that'll go train with someone else. I have some kids who specifically just want to work with me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with whatever makes you happy. The sport is, you know, designed for you to have multiple coaches because there's some things that I do that may not work for you. There's some things that another coach may do that just may work for you. It's like, you know, being a light guy and a heavyweight. We can't do the same thing. There's very few of us heavyweights that can do what a lightweight can do. So yeah. I'm very open to that. So with with the coaches that you had, um, is that they it sounds like they were very open to you wrestling how you best was suited for your own style. Um, exactly. I, 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 yeah, I think we were we were kind of brought up, and I and I'm and I'm saying it, but we were like the bad news bears. Seriously, we had we had great talent, but none of us really knew how to wrestle. Um, this was actually, I didn't start. Majority of my teammates and I didn't start until like ninth grade. Mm -hmm. So we were already behind everyone else. So it was just kind of like, what can we do? to, uh, you know, get these guys to be involved in wrestling. And it was, here's a summer camp for you to go to, you know, get in the room and, you know, have a good time. So that's one thing that I remember most about the program is that we had a lot of fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's what I like to bring to our team today. We, you know, we 
played a lot of games. Um, we did a lot of things that related to wrestling that wasn't really wrestling, but you could use those skill sets to um, that would complement wrestling. So that really helped our program a lot. Those are my favorite stories. The ones about people who started wrestling a little bit later, you know, maybe in ninth grade or eighth grade or, you know, 10th grade. And, and then they're able to stick with it through high school and, and reach a pretty high level because, you know, a lot of state champions, a lot of really high level wrestlers, of course, will have started very young, but it, to me, it's really interesting to hear from people who, who started later and then reached a really good level. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's amazing what what you know when you set your mind to something and what you want to accomplish, and you know you have the right people in the right corner. You know things seem to come together, and I was very fortunate to have you know everything fall in place at the right time. Mm -hmm. So this kid you're wrestling in the state finals is pretty tough. He's he right now. I think the score is three to zero. Is that right? Yeah, three zero. It'll be three one here shortly. Yeah. Um, he's about the only person that had at this point that I think, um, that I got ridden out by mm -hmm. for, for, for that long a time. I mean, he was just like me. He wasn't trying to turn me. He was just hanging on. And at some point we kind of look at each other and go, yeah, it, it's time <laughs> to go back on our feet. Cause this is getting too boring. <laughs> and, and this is really, this is, I mean, he was really strong. Yeah. He looks really strong. Yeah. Yeah, this is my third year wrestling, so I don't know very much in terms of like a switch or a sit out. It's just I got to stand up and get away from him. There you and go. That's the only thing I knew. <laughs> yeah. So it 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 works. So I just kept doing it. Um, later on, I think I kind of got a lot better at my stand up, um, and then now we're just gonna be in the same boat for a while. And I think for me, a lot of my issues early on is. We, I didn't have a partner to work out with. So um, Frank Harris was uh, my workout partner. He was 160 pounds and Ooh. he was just a monster. <laughs> and this, and you're 125 right now. Yeah. And he would treat me like I was 160 pounds. So wrestling with somebody <laughs> else, it was kind of like, yeah, man, this is easy compared to wrestling this dude. Yeah. Yeah. Was he at the, was he a state level wrestler? Yeah. So, uh, so the year I won state, Frank went to states. It was the three, like I said, we had a group of four or five kids in the the three years that we were there. Uh, Scott Bailey was my freshman year. He went on to states, um, and, and he was in his first year wrestling heavyweight. And you know, like I said, we Ooh. just had a really good. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. Go on. No, 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 no. We had like Scott Bailey. Um, Oh man, um, I forgot Steve's last name, but he was before me my sophomore year. We were we were great partners, work out together, and then me and Frank Harris, and, and they left in our sophomore year. Frank and I were sophomores, and they left, and it was just the two of us. And the the program was really small. I mean, we barely had enough people to fill the lineup. I think we had maybe eight kids that traveled, and that was our team. Um, and wow. And Frank was right there. Frank was right there with me. So for winning districts, if I won districts, he took second. You know, if you know, we went to the regionals, I took second. He would take third, or he would take first. Um, he was he was right there. Um, his big adversary was um, Bum Ho Kim. Kim Bum Ho. That was that was his big adversary. Um, I think in his 
in my senior year, uh, they went one and two districts, regionals, and states uh, in my senior year. So they, I mean, he was he he was definitely a great athlete. So you've just won the state tournament. I see it right here. This is awesome. Yeah, it, it was really nice. It, it was it was exciting. The first one is the best one. Um, you remember everybody all, always telling you, you know, you're you're you can be a state champ, but it's kind of like, oh, man, all these guys have been wrestling a lot longer than me. Why would I believe that this is possible? And I was like, no, you have the ability, you have the potential. And I find myself saying to kids now that, you know, if you work hard, you know, you could place at states. You you have the potential to be successful. Um, and so when I won it, I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, you guys are right. Like, I guess, I guess this is possible. Like now what? You know, I didn't believe that going to college and wrestling in college was going to be my thing. I was definitely going to go into the military with my best friend, um, Anthony. We had the buddy system worked out. And after I won the state title, it was like, yo, you were, you know, you're capable of going to college and wrestling for someone. And I was like, yeah, they, not too many people from Virginia really go off to college. You know, we're kind of like, we're not like a PA or, <laughs> you know, New Jersey at this point. We're kind of just coming around. So I was like, ah, we'll see what happens. And just fortunate enough that I started to believe what people were telling me, Hey, you're pretty good. You can, you can do this. You know, what do you think? Where do you want to go to school? And I was like, school, I never even looked at school. So it all worked out. It sure did. Well, you went on to school and not only went on there, but you were two-time All-American. So it's interesting you made the comment about the first state championship being the best because I was speaking to Wade Shallis the other day and he was telling me that his state title when he won in Pennsylvania was the most important tournament he ever won because it gave him the model for winning later. And so all the the things that he won at higher levels, he say says came back to that first state tournament. So do you feel like the winning the state tournament really propelled you to greater success after that? Uh, yeah, because I mean, in high school, that's the bottom line. I mean, you know, yeah. you're trying to achieve that pinnacle of being a state champ, you know, climb that mountain. And, you know, when you start out and everyone is like, yeah, it's such a huge mountain, you know, it's like Mount Everest for me. When you first start, you're like, what am I supposed to do? You know, am I, you know, am I running enough? Am I lifting enough? Am, am I strong enough? Like you have all these doubts. And then as you creep up the mountain slowly every year, something, you gain something, you go, you know what? I, I, I got beat a lot this year. And then next year, you're like, you know, I was this close to being a, you know, going to States as a sophomore with only two years experience. I mean, 30 seconds away and it ate at me. And it was like, well, what am I going to do different? It was like, I got to go back to this camp. I got to go back to Grundy. Like, that's where I mount my success. Those guys wrestle. They wrestle hard. I was like, I got to go, I got to get back there because that's what got me to this point. And then wrestling with them, it was like, all right, we're going to win states this year. I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to get there, you know? And then when I won in my senior year, it, it really set the precedence. I was like, they were right. Like, I can do this. Like, I belong here. Like, it moved you to the next level. It was like, I know I belong here now. You know, you just have to have that sense of belonging. And at that point, I was like, all right, now I know I can compete with just about anybody. You know, it didn't matter who it was. I was like, I, I think I can hold my home with just about anyone. 
So did you say oh. it was the Grundy camp that you went to? Yeah. Grundy, Virginia. A uh, little small that yeah. way school <laughs> in the back of the woods. Uh, and they had some great guys. At that time, I think Kevin Dresser was the head coach. And so we'd go, I'd spend a week down there. And again, I'm very fortunate. Like I said, my freshman year going, or my freshman year was my first year there. I didn't really know anyone. I got beat up for a week straight. And I was like, who wants to do this forever, man? Like, you, like I have no idea. These kids are way above me. And then I got back and coach was like, look, all those lumps you took, you can now give them to somebody else. I was like, yeah, you bet, because somebody's got to get these two eggnogs I got on top of my head. Um, and that propelled me forward. But going back to my sophomore year, it was TJ Jaworski was there for like a whole week. And he just, every free moment that he had, I was so thankful that he spent the opportunity to say, you know what, you got a lot of potential. Let me just show you something. If you like it, use it. If you don't, don't worry about it. But he would ball me up in the corner about 45 minutes after every practice. And then going into my, you know, yeah, that was going to my sophomore year. Then going into my junior year, um, Kerry Colot was there for a whole week. So I got to spend and work out with Kerry Colot for a whole week. I think I never cried so much in my entire week <laughs> after the beatdown he put on me for getting one takedown. It was like, all right, we're going again. We're going again. I was like, I can't stand up. But, <laughs> you know, not knowing who those guys were in the wrestling community, I I didn't know them. So when I said, everyone's like, so what'd you do to someone? I was like, oh, I worked out with TJ Jaworski. Did, what? You did what? You worked out with Kerry Cola, TJ? I was like, yeah, it was, I don't know him. You know, I'm I'm just like, I'm just trying to get better. And I was like, oh, so that's what it was. I was like, hey, man, whatever it takes, I guess. And I, and at that point, you also got to be open to being a sponge. Like they were just giving me so much information, you know, and, and trying to decipher what I needed and what I didn't need. You know, that took a moment. But once I got down to what I really wanted to do and what I liked, it, it really propelled me forward. So how did you d decide to be like a sponge? You know, did you was that just how you were normally you always wanted to absorb information from people or did you have to did, did you have to learn that? the importance of that. All right. I'm just going to back up just for a second. So school has always been difficult for me. You know, I'm very hyper. I'm all over the place in the classroom. Um, I'm dyslexic. And so school wasn't a very fun place. Um, and so because I kind of would have to do a, multiple things in order to keep my attention, I learned to, okay, if I needed something, I adapted a behavior of, can you work with me one-on-one? -on -one? I'm better at the one-on-one -on -one situation than a group situation because I'm easily distracted. And so for me, my teachers would be like, okay, we'll meet and we'll do X, Y, and Z to get you better. And Miss Boston was my English teacher. And she was like, baby, you got to be like a sponge. All this information is coming. You got to be able to soak it in. You can't forget it. And so her telling me that, you know, I was like, OK, so whenever I got to be in a one on one situation with someone, I think is when I was more like a sponge and just having those guys spend that week with me and trying to figure out how to get better, you know, led me to be more like a, a sponge, I would say, 
You know what I mean? If that makes sense. You know, just having her say that to me. Those types of interactions are so critical for youngsters when they're, you know, in those early years to to understand how to learn even. Um, Yeah. it sounds like you had a real positive teacher there. Now, with the Grundy camp, that's interesting to me because I actually, I, a lot of guys go to the Granby camps in Virginia. Um, I'm not sure how prominent the Grundy camps are. Grundy is super famous as having an amazing program, but do they still have camps? Do you send your your wrestlers that you coach? Do you send any of them down to Grundy? <laughs> I try to send them, um, except for the school systems are different. They get out probably a week before we do, and mm. their week of camp is our week of the end of the year um, assessments. So it's kind of hard for my kids to get down there. Um, so we, we've been trying to coordinate a few things. But like I said, I, I mean, those guys and I formed lifelong relationships. I mean, they were a double A team coming and wrestling in Virginia and they'd come up here and I'd see him. We have a great time. Hell, most of them were comprised of the Virginia, the, the Virginia um, um, team that went out to Fargo. So mm. there was at least four or five of them on the team. And, you know, having that relationship with them was even great. So I went to a different, a couple different types of camps myself. I went to a uh, team camps where you'd get a lot of matches in and you'd be on a team basically in summer. Um, I went to the, um, to the Jay Robinson camp where it was like a grinder where they would just grind you down and you'd, you'd learn a lot of things, but you'd also just be in this intense environment. Um, and then, and then I went to some other camps like the Granby camps, you know, where you would do just technique and learn a system. It, which one it would the Grundy camp be most like? It would be most like the technique camp. So I like to send my kids to the team camp so that we can have, you know, the dual situations and do that. One reason I do that is because I like to strengthen their bond as a team because mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of time to do that. But then I encourage them to go to different camps individually and do technique camps because they present something different than the team camp. You know, you go to a team camp, you're going to get multiple matches. That's what that's good for. You know what I mean? You get about an hour to two hours of technique and then you're wrestling for us. The the kids that I get are just like me. They're still trying to, to learn how to wrestle. You know, I'll get a senior or a junior who's only got one year experience. You know, I'll get some, you know, eighth graders in their first year of wrestling or, you know, juniors in their first year of wrestling, sophomores. So we need more technique than we need to get to the live matches. Just finding out what works for them. You know, what do they like, what they don't like. So to me, I I like to try to say they're both great. The one thing that I really enjoyed about Grundy was that it was a technique camp and it wasn't focused on team. But you got in a room with a bunch of pieces of iron and iron sharpens iron. It didn't matter if I went up or I went down, there was a state champ ready to wrestle all the time. And again, you know, our team, we were, we were a decent team for the nineties, but we didn't have state champs in our room, you know? So to be able to scrap with those guys from one lower to one heavier than you was amazing for a week straight for three hours a day just getting great technique and then getting beat up and then getting beat up by the counselors you know that's that's huge you know you got Kerry Kola and TJ Jaworski who are still wrestling in college coming in and just giving you the business like 
you know, I got to take down on him. I should be able to take down anybody now, you know. <laughs> now, realistically, eh, not everybody, but you feel like I got one on him, so I should be able to get this on this guy because he's not he's not even in college yet. So that, again, propels you one step forward. And I don't think we get that when I take my kids to a team camp. Uh, you know, I, I'm basing on building. This is our family. These are the foundations of which this team and family is built on. So this is what we do. And our kids have now they look forward to it. You know, they 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 set up. My kids also run their own team camp, their own um, inner city camp for youth program. So so because I think you also have to be able to teach in order to to understand what you're trying to get the kids to do. So your kids run a program for inner city kids. Yeah. That's outstanding. When when did you start that? Um, I think we started doing this little week. We call it a sports camp. So I think we started doing this maybe 2011. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we'll get the kids that'll come in for a week. Um, We provide lunch. They swim for an hour. They wrestle for an hour. Um, they play soccer, you know, we'll play indoor, um, a floor hockey. We just try to introduce them to just sports in general. And my kids are the counselors. When we go into the wrestling room, they all take a group about five or six kids and then they teach them the basics and, uh, you know, stand-ups, you know, shots, um, things like that. And it, it seems to go pretty well. The kids enjoy it. And then, they work the camp, then we pay for them to go to the team camp that we go to. So it works out pretty well. That's great. And so just for context, for people listening, this is, you know, you're coaching at TC Williams, of course, which is in Alexandria. And so where are the kids who are you're helping out with this uh, with this program? Is, are they local? Uh, or are they? Yeah, they're just local. They're local within our area. So they would be in Alexandria, Arlington. Um, those are the kids that we get. That'll, that'll usually come in. And we're not very big. I think we might average anywhere from 12 to 16 kids for the week. We end with a huge little uh, barbecue. There's a nice little space. There's, you know, they'll play outdoor games on a Friday. It's really nice, you know. I mean, for, what is it, like, like 150 bucks, they, you know, covers all the meals. They get a T-shirt, you know, and it, it – just my way of saying, you know, if somebody hadn't done it for me, then I wouldn't be in the position that I am today. So let me try to give something. And it also gives my kids that that responsibility of, you know, we need to give back what you what you've been receiving. You need to give back. And then it also helps because then when they walk around in the neighborhood and some of these kids come in from the local programs and they now have fans, you know, and they come to watch them wrestle, which is huge because that's the other thing. You know, we're trying to you know, build a good fan base. We just started. I mean, I've been at this since, like I said, 2011. And we're just starting to get a good fan base of young kids that'll come watch my kids wrestle and they're getting to sign their little headgear or something like that. So it's huge. And so it sounds like you do, you you like to send your guys to a team camp because it builds camaraderie and that good, you know, team spirit. And then you also have them giving back over the summer with this type of a of an inner city program to help children learn wrestling and other sports. So both of those things are about team building, it sounds like, to a certain extent. Yes. Uh, that's like I said, we try to build a family cohesive. 
fitness uh, um, uh, amongst the team. You know, I, I should be able to say, hey, you know, Mark, where's Calvin? You know, oh, yeah, well, I saw him at lunch today and he said he was coming because of this or he's sick. You know, so often we appoint captains because, you know, they're the best kid on the team or they're the senior on the team. Um, we, we forget to build leaders. So I do as much as I can to build leaders when they come into the room you know i'll take our eighth graders and I'm like hey i need you to run this eighth grade group and you need to get everybody's phone number and this is what you need to do and then it kind of trickles down to the next group so everybody has a leadership role i try not to leave anybody out it's a coin toss all 12 of you walk out there if you're seniors doesn't bother me we just look a lot better was that how you were coached to a certain extent yeah pretty much um it was you know we got a group of guys and here's what i need you to do you know, you might not like it, but here's what we're going to do. You need to do X, Y, and Z, and you need to tell him when he's slacking off. That's the other part. You know, we we want our athletes to be more than athletes, but when they walk in the room, they're just athletes. You know, so we, we try to step back and say, you know what? Yeah, I want you to be able to say to your peer, I need you to focus. I need you to be serious. I need this to take place. And if I say it a million times, you know, it's just like I'm the adult in the room. You don't listen to me as much, you know, but if you're if your peers start to notice and start to pat you on the back and can't believe how much you improve, then you take that at, at more so than it would be from me. And mm -hmm. we've noticed that. So, you know, we we try to appoint our kids to be like, yo, you need to go and talk to him. He looks like he's not himself today, you know, um, go and have that conversation with him. OK, coach. Yeah, I'll, I'll go and talk to him. You know, he's stressing. He's got a test to take. He doesn't want to come tell you he needs to go study. Oh, OK, well, here's what you do. You tell him that you talk to me and that he needs to go study. and He can make this up next week. You know what I mean? It, it, it's things like that, because there are things some kids stress over different things. And as coaches, we just want them to be in the room to get better. I want them to get better. But I also want them to be productive members of society and whatever that is, because you can look back and be like, you know what? He may turn out to be a horrible wrestler, but a better coach than I am because just the way his brain works. And, I, and I, I'd rather have you around for four years than to lose you in two because it's all about the win. When I look back at it without wrestling, I don't think I'd be sitting in the situation that I am right now. And it wasn't always about the win. It was just always about you got a place to be and somebody cares. Everybody finds that one camp. For me, it was Grundy. That was for me. That was my magical ticket because for an entire season. I could beat everybody in my own room besides my 160 pounder. And it was it was easy. So for an entire season, you know, I'm banged up. My shoulders are bad because when my, my when Frank sprawl, he sprawl. It wasn't like, oh, you a little guy. It was like, I'm going to put your face in the dirt. So <laughs> you, you're you're hurt. You're tired. You're beat. Like, I just need somebody I can grab that's my size. And so for me, going to Grundy was so big. So big because it was finally I could wrestle with somebody my size and I didn't have to wait for competition time. And I was like, yeah. I, there's no way I'm getting away from you because you're like six foot two and I'm stuck underneath you with long arms. Like I couldn't get away <laughs> from him. So I'm trying to get up and I can't get up. And he's like, come on, get up. I'm like, dude, you outweigh me. Like I can't. So, you know, having that opportunity, that that was like my magic pill. If I knew I didn't do something, I was like, I can't wait to get back to Grundy because I could solve my problems there where I was having issues. And the one-on-one -on -one time that I got with coaches at the end of practice was so huge. 
you know, the coaches who stayed the extra 10, 15 minutes to help you, you know, you don't usually get that, you know, it's like, all right, it's seven o'clock and we got to go, you know, or in our case, our coaches didn't really have favorites. It was just like, if you stay, you stay. If you don't, you don't, you know, and, and it was, it, it was huge. I mean, I'm sorry you've been in some of these rooms where there's the golden ticket kid. You know what I mean? This kid is going to set the program apart from everybody else. So if he stays, then I'm staying, you know, and I didn't I didn't experience that until I got to college. So for me, it was completely different. But high school was like, hey, I'm staying. The bus comes in another 20 minutes so we can stay for another 10 minutes and then get you the bus ride or coaches. Like if you stay, I'll drop you off at home like Things like that were so crucial in, in me becoming who I am. Like, I can't explain it. Like, just those situations alone. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I can relate to that a lot. Um, and then so when you got to college, I imagine it was just 10 times more intense. And, you know, you had more resources, more partners. You know, it's just all uh, the time. Is that what it was like? Yeah, and that's what the and that's where the sponge came in. For me, going to Clarion was one of the things that I was like, I'm I'm glad I went, but I learned what it was to be the low man on the totem pole. Because you walked in, I had Sheldon Thomas, Bobby Crawford, Tom Tomio, all these guys were like two and three time state champs from Delaware, Pennsylvania, you know, and it's like I, I got one in Pennsylvania, I got two, so you know, I got too, but I don't stack up. These guys have been wrestling for years, multiple Fargo All-Americans, and I don't, I don't even know what half that stuff is. And to watch them wrestle was like, oh, man, this is awesome. And then to go in and have a light guy just destroy you when you're used to destroying everybody else, you go, dude, I really am horrible. So you have to reinvent yourself all over again. You know, I and I'm not lying. I spent many nights at the payphone going, hey, uh wait, I, I don't think I can do this. Like, I, I, I'm I, getting beat. Like, I'm never even going to crack the lineup. Why am I here? And then he goes, well, the goal was to get here. You belong here, and it's going to take you some time. You know, it's like learning the ropes. You got to figure out where you belong. And just that freshman year alone, you know, being able to redshirt, take my lumps, and then go, all right, yeah, I can beat this kid now. You know, after winning, you go, oh, now I'm getting takedowns where I wasn't getting any before. Now I'm stopping your shot. Oh, I got you. I got your number now. And then once that happened, you go, what's next? And you look over and the coaches have their select few. And you're not part of that select few. And that was the hardest pill to swallow. Mm. Because I'm like, I, I, I want to work out with him. That's the only way I'm going to get better. Like I could be good as him or even better than him if you would give me the same opportunity. But because, again, I'm all over the place, you would look at me and say, you don't want to do this. You want to go do something else. I'm the type of person. I need the one-on-one. I need to, you know, be included in certain things because I won't include myself because that's just the type of person I am. And I'm not going to get up at 5 in the morning like Sheldon. He's going to get up at 6 and he's going to go run. No, I need the extra sleep. I don't operate that way. You know, so because he's motivated to do that, you assume that I'm not motivated. But if you'd have been like, hey, I need you to get out of bed because we need this to happen. I'll do it because I understand 
You told me to do something. I need to do it. And as coaches, we assume that these young people, like I said before, have been groomed to be leaders and are ready to be prepared to go to the next level. And half the time, if you weren't that type of kid, you're not going to be when you get there. Mm-hmm. So it took a while for me to understand that concept of this is what I need to do in order to be successful. And once I got to that point, it was me going to show them, hey, you want to work out with me? Or Tomio, you want to work out with me? Yeah, I could be done at 3.30. Bet. I, I, I'll meet you there. And then just going over situations that I was struggling with and unable to, to solve on my own, having that 10, 20-minute workout with those guys before practice or at the end of practice made a huge difference. I made leaps and bounds. And again, we were such a young group that I, I, what I learned, I learned from just – my teammates. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like the, they, they were great coaches, but my teammates were like, nah, I, I can't do it like this. And I was like, I don't know why I'm not having, he's like, well, try this. And I was like, yo, this really works. You know, our heavyweight, Darren Jarena, man, that dude was, a, he could move for a heavyweight. And he was like, he had this amazing underhook, high crotch knee pick. I was like, dude, you gotta show me that. You gotta show me that. And he showed it to me and it was all she wrote. That point on, I got it that year. I got in the lineup like it was off of his move. And I was like, this is crazy, insane, crazy, insane. Right before right before we got into the district tournament, I had a last wrestle off and I beat Bobby Crawford. I got into the lineup and I was like, now I'm here. I'm not I'm not letting this go. You know, I'm definitely not letting this go. There's a concept that I've always liked. I can't remember when I when I read about it, but it, it, it called the dip, where basically anything worth accomplishing, any skill worth learning, you're going to go through a, a period that's easy and fun right at the very beginning. Then it's going to then you're going to slowly get a little more difficult. Then it's going to get really hard and really frustrating. And that's probably when you were calling uh, Wade and telling him you didn't want to be there. You didn't know if you belonged. And, you know, it just was a, you know, that, that's where, that's where most people quit. And then, yeah. but, the, but when you make it past that dip, then everything opens up and all the doors start opening and, you know, it, it but it's like most people, they, they end up starting something because it's enjoyable in the beginning. It gets super hard. They don't get any rewards out of it and they quit before they make it past that, that awful dip. And so they don't get all the benefits. Totally agree with you. Um, and and I'll go back to say that when I first started coaching, I like got rid of so many kids because I had the mindset that this should be difficult right from the beginning. And then a lot of them were not capable of doing what needed to be done on a regular basis. We never cut anybody. They just kind of let themselves go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, we're losing more kids than we're keeping kids. And I was like, we have to change it. You know, we have to change this philosophy of what what is it that I really want? Do I want to be the coach who has a million state champions and a million state titles? Or do I want to just have the kids have a place to be that they can, you know, call a home? And once I did that, it started to change. And the dip that you speak about, we call it the heart phase. Because it's going to take a lot more heart to push through to come back the next day. Because you've been getting smacked all all year long. And I tell them, because, and it usually happens right around 
Christmas break. Every year, it doesn't matter what team we have, around Christmas break, we lose more kids than ever because huh. the season is underway. They've started to wrestle. They've been out there for a, a total of five minutes, and they've been doing all this work, and they don't see the benefit of what's happening to them. And I'm like, yo, so every Christmas, you know, we do a little Christmas week, and we're like, what do you want for Christmas? I want everybody to come back. I want everybody to get a little bit more heart because once you get past this phase, you'll notice the difference. And we go into our district tournament and I'm like, yo, we're good enough now that we have a chance to to give a run for a district title. And they're like, coach, but I was like, I'm telling you. And then the kids start to see it. And I'm like, just a little bit more heart, you know, break through the wall. Once you break through, you're going to see what I'm talking about. And once they do that, coach, you're so right. And then they're hooked. And then they now start to tell other kids about the heart and about what it takes to get through. Because I'm like, every Christmas we look at each other, how many are we going to lose this year? <laughs> every Christmas. It has nothing to do with grades. has nothing to do with anything else. It's that point of the season where everybody's hit that dip, where all this work that I've been putting in, I can't get a takedown. I can't get an escape. You know. So for us, as a team, we make a big deal. When a kid gets an escape, score a point, our bench goes crazy. Like the kids go insane, you know, for the little things so that when they do get a win, now they can see and they start to turn the corner. And I'm like, dude, you should definitely be third in the district right now. There's no reason you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be six. You should be third. And they they start to fill into the roles. And one, it's amazing. It's funny. We just call it the heart phase because after Christmas, we lose a lot of kids. Our yeah. room starts off with like 40, with like 40 to 50 kids in it. And then right before Christmas, we're down to like 28, 27 every year. So one thing that I'd like to jump back to. So your story is really interesting to me because you started wrestling in ninth grade. You won a state title in 11th grade um, and then you won another one in 12th grade. But you and you've commented that you really had a very small set of techniques that you were good at when you were practicing. Did you focus in practice on the same techniques or did you do a wide variety of, of, of techniques in practice and then only rely on those same few that worked for you? Does that make sense as a question? Yes, it makes sense as a question. And best way I can tell you is, again, we were a very young team. So we only had one takedown, one escape, and one hold them down, uh, as as it would say, one get away, hold them down, <laughs> and and that was it. So for us, it was a high crotch. Mm -hmm. I taught a high crotch, and so everybody on the team shot a high crotch. Even if you thought you knew what a low single was or an ankle pick, you shot a high crotch. And so practice was it's a high crotch time. Take your favorite takedown. I only know one. Here it is. Well, what are you gonna do on top? I only know how to chop. And, and put my forehead in and, you know, get a bar. That's it. I don't know anything else. So when you say, like today, how do you focus on a kid who knows everything? How do you become good when you know multiple moves? But it doesn't matter because you only pick one. Everybody's got one favorite takedown. Everybody's got one thing that they do on top, you know. And if you look at it and you watch a team, they all do the same thing as a team. So, you go, okay, if we can stop this, we can probably handle the team. But then there's the individuals who are just really good and you just can't stop it. So, so to answer that question, I think our program was really focused on 
I need you to get away and I need you to try to get a takedown. And I wasn't very good at the high crotch. So Buddy Lee was like, here, just inside trip. I really like that. So that became my go-to move. And everybody knew it was coming. You just, at some point, you were going to get caught with it. And if you didn't get caught with it, you got thrown. So I was dubbed Air Marshal in high school because everybody went on a ride. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So what about um, before you wrestled? Did you do any other sports? Did you do any other activities that you think prepared you? Growing up in my neighborhood, you played football outside. Um, and the funny thing is I lived, um, there's a fence that separated um, an apartment complex and the high school sat right behind us. And so after school, we would all get together, wait for them to finish practice, hop the fence and go play football on the football field. And then when we couldn't play football on the football field, there was a couple of tennis courts. We'd found some old rackets and we'd go play tennis. Now, at this point, did I think that was helping me with anything? No, just being a kid, want to be outside and play. Um, you know, that I, I can't say, but I will say I did not want to wrestle. But I did not want to wrestle. I thought for sure my freshman year was going to be me, my breakaway year to make the basketball team. You know, like every kid in the neighborhood, it's basketball or nothing. You know, basketball, football. Track was because you didn't make the basketball team and coach told you to go do track because you played football. And I couldn't play football because I was too small. Going into my freshman year, I probably weighed 96 pounds and about four foot 11, maybe. So my mom was like, yeah, no, that's not happening, baby. That's just not going to work. Um, and actually to even wrestle, I had to get a special physical from a, a different doctor because the other doctor said, no, I'm too small. I might get hurt. And I was like, there's no way I play with bigger kids in the neighborhood than this. Um, so to, to answer your question, did I play any sports? No, I really thought I was going to make the basketball team. And at that time, Wade Chalice was the coach and my mom worked in the office at the high school. So we would have to wait for her to take us home. So my brother and I would be in the in the gym upstairs shooting baskets. And he happened to come through the gym one day and was like, hey, you should wrestle. My brother and I looked at him and was like, uh-uh, that ain't for me. I was like, I don't want to do no WWE. He was like, what? I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Uh, so a week went by and he came back. He found us again. And then somehow... He, he found out that my mom worked in the office across the hall from the gym. So we're driving home one night, and my mom was like, look here, baby. I need you to just go see what this man talking about because he done come in my office like 20 times already to find out why you won't wrestle. And I said, because I want to play basketball. She was like, well, just go see it. <laughs> so he came back. Now, now my, my younger brother's probably at this time eighth grade, like 5'11". Like, he's got some height on him already. So I'm like, yeah, I got to keep up with him. I got to let him know I'm the big brother. But anyway, I walked into the room and I was like, yo, where the ropes? <laughs> and everybody just laughed at me because I'd never known what wrestling was. And he was like, just stay for a practice. If you don't like it, you can leave. And I was like, yeah, yeah all right, I'm going to stay. All right, I'll stay. <laughs> so they did some drills. They did some running around. And I was like, yeah, I don't like it. And um, 
at this time, my best friend, Anthony was like, yeah, I, I don't think I like it either. I was like, yeah, me neither, man. This is not for me. He's like, well, what are you going to do tomorrow? I was like, well, we already missed basketball tryouts. So how about we just go back? He was like, all right, we'll go back. So we went back the next day. And truth be told, I've never left. That's a very fortunate. Uh, that's a fortunate way to get drawn in. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> So I'd love to ask if you had any advice to give to wrestlers who can't get into the wrestling room right now. They want to keep getting better, but it's, you know, obviously there's coronavirus going on. They can't do their camps. Obviously the summer's ending, but, but the, uh, uh, they've got a little more time left. And what would you, what would you advise wrestlers to do who can't, who have their routine interrupted right now? If there's a will, there's a way. Um, and I don't mean like, you know, go out and get into your high school gym, but wrestling is much more than that. Uh, you can work on your flexibility, you know, you can work on your strength, you can work on your speed. A lot of the things that we do in the sport requires a partner to do, but we've been doing this since the dawn of time, man. Grab your brother, your sister, your, your cousin, and you got a living room, you know? You just need to get through the motions. It's not that I got to go and destroy something. I just, I mean, we've been doing this forever. How many times have you rolled around in the living room before you even thought about wrestling? Or how many times have you just, you know, your friends get together and you got to figure out who's the toughest one in the bunch. We've been doing this forever. There's a, if there's a will, there's a way, you know, get in and put your work in. Right now, it's all about the mental. You know, that's the biggest piece with this with this sport is if you let this break you mentally because you can't get to where you need to be and that's in the wrestling room right now, you're going to have an off season when they allow us to come back. Well, hopefully they'll let us come back soon. I really want to thank you for joining us today on back points. This is a great episode and I know that wrestlers are going to enjoy hearing about your personal experience. No, I, I just want to thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity uh, to be on your show today. And I definitely appreciate it. And hopefully this finds someone who really, needs that inspiration. Thanks for listening to Backpoints today. If you want to support the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you find the show. Also, it helps us if you give the show a rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Feel free to also make a donation via Patreon at patreon.com backpoints. Thanks and see you next episode.